0: Hello and welcome to Counterpressed on the Ringer and Spotify. Today I'm joined by Gilly Flighty, Jesse Parker Humphreys, and of course, producer Becky, keeping me in check as always. <laughs> I'd like, like becoming my total nemesis, which is such a pain in the ass. But um, how are we all doing? It was a pretty hectic weekend of football. Um, and uh, did everyone enjoy Sunday night England action?
1: Yeah. The good. vibes. It was were... nice, nice finisher to the to a good weekend, really. Basically, by not having Kate on today, we've just got good vibes all around because everyone's <laughs> team's won. <laughs>
0: Julie, <Kate>. <laughs> I know you were also um, enjoying your Chinese and watching the holiday. Did you catch any of England Senegal as well?
2: Uh, yeah, I managed to catch the uh, first half. It was sort of um, on in the background, but I weren't really. Uh, paying too much attention to be fair I was eating at the time um <laughs> good good Chinese though yeah, Any, what did you what was yeah it was you... uh, yeah it was well recommended it was just noodles rice a bit of salt and pepper chicken curry oh, sauce you know I'm, I'm not really one of the extravagant ones you know I just keep it simple um keep it simple stick to what you know you know yeah and then the um, holiday was on after so it was a great night have you got your Christmas tree up though that's the real question no and and we ain't putting one up this year, just purely because <gasps> no, because we're coming home in like two weeks, and then we're st- we're gonna be at home for Christmas. So sort of like, I put the tree up, the dogs mm. are just gonna be flying off of it. There's gonna be decorations <laughs> going everywhere. It's just yeah, less ag. Just do it at home.
0: Do you know what that does make sense? I saw this this, this girl I know. She put this Instagram last night. It was like, oh look at this tree. It looks so good. I woke up in the morning, checked her Instagram story. She put another picture up. The tree had fallen down. Oh, no. All the baubles had smashed. Not even pet. Not even a pet situation. Because like my mum's cats used to do that. But not just like on its own accord. I don't know if it's a ghost or what. <laughs> We need to talk about your ghost. Yeah, I know,
1: I've got experience with ghosts. But anyway,
0: woke up in the morning, flattened, bauble dust everywhere. Oh, no. Like, Instagram versus reality vibe. Jesse, before we get onto the football, please tell everyone about your ghosty experience <laughs> on Thursday night.
1: Well, obviously, as a great boyfriend, took my girlfriend away <laughs> for her birthday on Thursday night. Nice little pub in a village in West Sussex. But in the middle of the night, like 5am, woken up by all this thumping Should I do some upstairs. sound? Actually, no, I shouldn't. That, some foley. Tom at Spotify will <laughs> get annoyed if I start banging the desk. Anyway. <laughs> Becky, you can uh, edit that. Okay. Okay. Imagine,
0: imagine there's some bumping.
1: It was like weird bumping noise. It sounded like footsteps, but also heavier. Ooh. So we were like, okay, whatever. I was like, oh, just be the pipes. Went back to sleep. Then in the morning, we Googled it. Googled the name of the pub, Ghosts. <laughs> the limping... <laughs> The limping lady of Furl apparently haunts the Ram Inn. Little bit of promo for there. (laughs) No, not promo. You don't want to go there, it's ghosts. Um and Apparently it was like a woman who worked at the pub and died in like the 19th century and you can hear her above the bar room and we were in the room above the bar oh. room. Oh my god, so she was oh, in your room? No, so I think she was oh, in the, the okay, attic she was above. room yeah, she was above. Is
0: there an attic room? Is there a is there room to stay there or is it just...
1: I don't. I didn't go investigate. I want to go looking up the stairs. I'm certainly not staying there. Yeah, I know. Wow. So There we go. Shout out to the limping lady for ruining my nice romantic getaway. (laughs) You know when you googled that, what else came up? Because when you sent this, oh, there were a lot of ghosts in in that
0: venue or in in the vicinity. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. You can find a lot of ghosts in Sussex. Maybe we should start
0: an offshoot, which is like football-related ghost chat. I don't know if that could be. That's like a, a whole new other pod. podcast. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. Off. Why don't we do a spin-off pod that's just ghosty <laughs> chat? Anyway, I am terrified by ghosts, so
1: that is very much not. Flo just part. kept texting the WhatsApp group, going, "Fuck off, fuck <laughs> off, fuck
0: off." I like honestly, I was the spookiest spooked child of all time. Like, mm. I, I'm such a wimp. I, if even if I saw you coming towards me and you went, Whoa, I would still jump. I it's just good to know. I'm yeah. Well, now I'm going to abuse that. that. Um, Anyway, what we're going to be actually talking about on the show Oh, you're not going to ask me about my week. That's fine. <laughs>
3: I, we get to hear all about Jilly's nice weekend, Jessie's nice week. No,
0: no one gets to hear what because Becky did. you just ended up getting burnt in Brett and Morge. No one needs to know about that. Okay, tell us no, how you got... I'm
3: busy. I'm thriving. Okay, you're thriving. And then, yes, I got covered in soup in Because <laughs> what <laughs> says thriving more than covered in up. But soup. tell us
0: about what happened because it was a happy ending. You got a free pret. Yeah, I got, I
3: got a, a hack to get a free pret lunch and that is just pick up a soup off the shelf whose lid is not on fully properly. on um, spill boiling hot tomato soup all down your trousers, uh, shoes and coat and burn your hand. And they will whisk you off into the staff bathroom, give you a gigantic bandage um, and then give you whatever you want for free. What did you get for free? What did you take? Well, annoyingly, it was the last soup that I oh. spilled, so I couldn't get the soup. Um, I got a tuna toasty and a can of coke. Was that it? Want to get some snacks? Yeah, well... The, by the time I ate my toastie, I was, like, not very hungry. The shock. Yeah, I don't know if it was like, oh my God, like, I just... Yeah. yeah, and the embarrassment. Because it was, like, lunchtime on Oxford Street. It was busy. Yeah. And yeah. then I'd just gone out to, like, go shopping. And so I, like... Got rid of the soup off my trousers, which was fine. I was wearing like dark trousers, but my shoes were white. Mm. And so
0: they're just like it was yeah. It's giving Lindsay Lohan and just my luck. <laughs> that's what it's giving. Anyway, um, what we're actually gonna be talking about on today's show, we are talking about the counterpress derby, of course. Kate's not here, but that's not because West Ham lost to Liverpool. <laughs> off the um, pod, that's awesome. it. <laughs> no, she out. refused to
3: turn up, she was supposed to be here. She
0: wanted to go out with some of the Liverpool girls um last night. Um, Jilly was being a responsible. Adult eating Chinese, um, so Kate, we you know we gave her the morning off as a, as, as a treat, um, <laughs> and we're also going to be talking about the counter price derby. But we're going to be talking about also big wins for Chelsea United because I feel like the title race chat has slightly shifted a little bit in the last couple of weeks, and we're also going to be talking about Arsenal, Viv Media being back almost to her best, and a few players coming back too. So we're going to be getting into that after this. So it was a big day yesterday because on FA Player, the greatest streaming platform (laughs) in the world, you could tune in to watch the counter-press derby. Everyone was talking about it. It was going viral on social media. It was popping off in our group chat, that's for sure. And um, Jilly's Liverpool came out as 2-0 winners against Kate's West Ham. And to be honest, Jilly, you had them rattled from the start, is what I would say. Um, What were the vibes like? Uh, at full time because it was a pretty hard fought win but given some of the results that have happened for you guys in the last couple of weeks where you've had leads and let them slip it must have been a relief to be like we've got it done in 90 minutes and a clean sheet
2: yeah it was just a huge relief Um, I think obviously us getting the goal so early on sort of uh, settled us a little bit but then I think um, I just fought back to Brighton we scored first against Brighton and then there's that worry as well but I mean, I could have had a couple two, to be fair. I shanked one over the bar or two over the bar, <laughs> to be fair. Um, but yeah, no, I think first half, we dominated them. Like, we had the the whole momentum in the first half. I think second half, they changed their shape um, and it was a lot more difficult. But I just felt like they, they probably had more of the ball in the second half, but didn't really do much with it. I like, didn't really create anything still. Um, but yeah, it was just huge relief, I think. I was saying to my partner, like I felt so nervous before the game, not because of playing against my old team, but it was sort of, we had to win. Like it was just a huge three points for us. And I said to my partner, I said, listen, I've got to do the podcast on Monday. Like I've got to have, I've got to have bragging rights here. Do you know what I mean? I can't go in there after a loss against Kate. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it was just, I think more so it's just a huge, the, the clean sheet and the three points were massive for us. I love that
1: bit of extra motivation. Matt beard can thank us later. Around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, and you're right. When when they brought Howard Sissoko on, I think that did firm them up a little bit. And once they shifted their shape, things things weren't as leaky. But you're right. Liverpool could have been like five nil up at half time. Like Mackenzie Arnold had a pretty decent day in goal. She had a lot of work to do. Um, But it does, it shifts things a lot, I think, in the table because West Ham have been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks and this kind of sets them back a lot in their kind of attempt to push up the table and challenge a little bit more. Um, Jesse, you're uh, a West Ham um, stan. Uh, So where do you think this kind of like leaves them,
1: really? I think this result had kind of been coming for both teams in a way. I think... If you look at West Ham's underlying numbers, some of the results they've been and points over-achieving, you they've mean, been picking bit. up have been maybe better than where they should be. With the caveat that I think it's obviously been a hard period of time for them. You know, Lucy Parker's out long-term. Howard Sissoko obviously had a lengthy ban. Great to see her coming back. Um, but that's like been tough for them to deal with. And I think the fact that they've managed to pick up points in that time is really good. Equally, Liverpool have been probably underperforming compared to what they've actually been doing on the pitch, the chance they've been creating, the chance they've been conceding. So I feel like it was just a bit of a um, a melding of those two those narratives, narratives coming yeah. together at Prenton Park. Um, but I think it'll be interesting for West Ham. They've got Spurs next week, I think, so who are also on a pretty wobbly run themselves. It's interesting, like, I don't know, obviously, what kind of West Ham and Paul Konczewski's targets were for the season. The funny thing about the WSL right now is, like, West Ham have already accumulated like a good chunk of points. Like I feel like they can be feel like they're in a pretty good position. I guess it was it's like Spurs last season on. when
0: they'd already accumulated like most of their total within the first couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, so they like, could oh, just cruise. Put your feet up. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but you know they've also had a lot of injuries and stuff like that. I think to see Thea Kaivag coming back as well. Emma Schnell is back in training, but but wasn't in the squad. So I think those kind of players will will hopefully help solidify them.
0: Jilly, what was it like in, in the dressing room as well? Obviously, Matt Bid used to coach West Ham. You used to be at West Ham. So, uh, I mean, pre-match as well. What was the conversations in the in, in the dressing room at full time? Was it more relief or was it like, right, now we can push on and build a bit of a run from this?
2: Yeah, I feel like it was a bit of the, the kickstart sort of uh, feeling. But I just feel we targeted games um, in this block, say from November to December, where... We wanted to pick up three points um, in the sense of Brighton. We wanted to pick up three points. We should have picked up three points. Um, Reading as well, obviously that was a target, and West Ham was another one. Um, so yeah, it was just sort of that that big breath of like, like we've 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 got the three points because obviously naturally you're looking you're looking down, you know, you 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 fear it. I think naturally as a player you think like, listen, we we want to get as far away from the bottom as possible, and obviously then. I, that result yesterday helped us and then obviously then Reading beating Tottenham didn't in that sense. But <laughs> um yeah, I think it's just us now focusing on us and focusing on the games where we, we target three points. Um Obviously we've got a big game next Sunday against Leicester, which again, we want to get three points out of that and then three points then takes up to 11. So it's just that then you're bridging the gap further away um from the bottom, but it's just, such a weird league. Like anybody can mm. beat anybody on that day. Like you can't really go into a game and predict. Oh, that person's gonna beat that. That team's gonna beat that team because yesterday you probably would have said Tottenham would beat Brighton, and then obviously yeah, it don't happen.
0: It's certainly really tight at the moment. What I what I wanted to ask you as well is on Shanice van der Sanders' performance. She should have had a goal yesterday. I'm sure she's absolutely gutted about that massive chance uh, that she had, but it's taken a while for her to get fit again. Um, but she, she and Katie Stengel were were brilliant yesterday. You, like being having those sorts of players finding form at the right time,
2: um, that must be really good for you guys as a team as well. Yeah, it's massive for us. I mean. Shan's such a hard worker um, and she just offers us something different to other players like we've got such a good front line obviously you're adding Yana Daniels in there as well obviously Mel, Katie, Shan like obviously we've got Liana but Shan Shan just offers us something different in the sense of she's got the pace you know to whether it be the ball over the top um, and she's really good tricky 1v1 like she's got the pace that um, that helps us get out of situations and that can help us going forward and she's pretty direct as in she gets there she puts the cross in she doesn't try and do too much um, but yeah she's like having a, like a new signing for us um, especially coming into this period now where you know we might have been creating a lot before and not necessarily been clinical whereas now I feel like we're, we're getting four or five chances and we're taking two of them which is, which is huge for us especially in this run now yeah, I mean, you guys had, had, had loads of chances
0: yesterday as well, which it's good to it's good to be able to know that you can create those. Did you have a chat to Kate yesterday after the game? What were the vibes? Because I know you said to me on Friday or Saturday, oh, I might try and get a lift down with the West Ham girls. <laughs> but if we beat them, they might might not let me. So, yeah, what was the vibe like with them afterwards? Was it if you like awkward handshakes?
2: Or now, I still reckon I could have bagged the lift, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think like... When you leave a team, like I, I didn't leave West Ham on bad terms. Like I didn't leave the girls on bad terms either. So like, I just said I was speaking to my mum last night. Actually, she said, "How was it seeing everyone?" I just said, "It just feels a bit like home when you see them because you spent so long with them." Um, and even the staff and that, like, just seeing all the staff, there's no, there's no awkwardness there. There's no drama there. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, at the end of the, <laughs> the end of the whistle, like, obviously, I was so happy and I was smiling. But then I looked at, I was walking towards Dags and I looked at Dags and she was just fuming and I sort of like really tried to like hide my smile but I couldn't. And I was like, Dags, I'm sorry. Like, um, but yeah, like I had a good chat with Kate before the game as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to see them all. Like they're, they're my they're my mates and um, obviously I've got a lot of memories with them as well. But yeah, just I was buzzing that I'll come away with the points to be fair. And the,
0: the vibes at West Ham always seem really good. Like obviously, you know, doing the, Probably with Kate, you can tell that. But I also think, you know, like the vlog that Lisa Evans has done. Obviously, that hilarious BBC iPlayer documentary. (laughs) But I always feel like the vibes have come across as really good. Like it feels like a really nice, like homely family environment. So it's it's so nice to know that like that that because that has a massive impact on the pitch as well. And I'm excited to see like where. The West Ham trajectory project could go once, like you know, they build like this exciting team, which they kind of got the building blocks for it.
1: Yeah, they're just a really fun team. I think they do have a bit of chaos, especially defensively. <laughs> but sometimes that's you know what sometimes you, you need watch. a little touch of chaos. And I think you know what West Ham do really well is they are really good at shopping in different markets when it comes to players, bringing in younger players. The thing that's going to be interesting to see them develop and how they choose to do that is obviously if you uncover a gem then people come and snoop around for them pretty quickly you know mm-hmm. we saw it with you Haskawa makes perfect sense she is a player who can play, play at that level you know you've seen her walk straight into that city team and I think there are other players at West Ham who we could see similar things happen to it's just whether West Ham are ready as a team to you know maybe put that commitment behind the squad even further and convince those players that the project they're part of now is is going in direction where it's worth staying and I think it will be really exciting if they if they can do that
0: yeah it's amazing like you said Julie, how much that win like shifts your guys focus as well because you're up to ninth now um shame about Reading's win over Spurs because you would have gone uh got had a bit more of a gap in front of them but you've got City midweek in the Conti Cup, which is obviously going to be a tough game, uh, and then as you mentioned, you've got a huge game against Leicester and um, West Ham taking on Spurs at Brisbane Road. Um, gonna segue that into Leicester's eight nil defeat to Chelsea. Um, let's talk about Leicester first before we get onto that onto that kind of title race chat because obviously got rid of um, Bedford. A few weeks ago now, Willie Kirk's taken over, which you think, you know, would solidify things a little bit. But I think the issue with Leicester is they just don't have the quality and there's not really much you can do with the most experienced coach in the world. If you don't have the right quality of players, it's just going to be really difficult for you. Um, And I think, you know, Gilly mentioned 11 points. I feel like that is par really to secure... Definite safety. I think Villa finished on finished, Villa finished on about eleventh eleven points last season. That is pretty good to secure your safety. And right now, I'm
1: looking at Leicester and I think I don't know how they're going to pick up points. It's hard to imagine them coming back from a seven point gap. Yeah, that right. Just feels, you know we're almost halfway through the season for them
0: to be able to even win two games feels like a push. That's yeah. kind of how drastic
1: it is right now. And I think the thing that I find weird about Leicester is is. Yeah, I agree. I don't think the squad's necessarily at the level, but I also feel like they play in a way, and almost like the appointment of Willie Kirk also adds to this, they play in a way as if they maybe had a more accomplished squad, which I feel like doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And equally, playing so much at King Power, I think... Benefits teams that are better than them. (laughs) But oh my God, this is the second season in a row where Chelsea have gone there and just been like, Wow, there's Look at this so space. much space. There's so much space. And we are going to be able to like... We you, you, you don't need to thread the needle. You can just like spray the passes out. You can have runners going into the space. And, you know, what was it? I think it was 9-0 last season, 8-0 over the weekend. I just feel like I don't understand what Leicester think they're building. Mm. Because it's like, if you want to go big on the stadium, you know, bring the players in. Like, we've seen... WSL clubs bring really experienced players in, whether it's Asai or West Ham. Daily going to Villa, you know, like Daily going to Villa. Villa were pretty bad. Do you know what I mean? There's no reason why Leicester couldn't have similar ambition with the players they want, but I just think, and they've got right a good, now, they've got a training to ground to have
0: that foundation. I think it does feel like there's a lot of focus on like the brand, the stadium, the training ground, without then the recruitment of the players. And I know from chatting to Emil Heskey, I think. What he kind of implies is that they can't even get close to some of the salaries that, you know, even the mid-table teams are, are being able to offer. And also they're going in for players, I think, which are getting offers from Spurs, Villa wherever and they're taking those offers and they don't want to go to Leicester so it's like they they feel like they can't sell the project enough right now to bring in the quality of players they need it's like they they haven't really been able to get the apprentice pitch right and
1: i guess maybe Kirk is a name that I think you, in january you help. can say like this is a manager who it's really worth working with no like no offense lydia bedford but like kirk obviously has a professional CV that, Mm. you know, has Everton. It has assisting Casey Stoney. I can see why that would be more exciting, especially for a younger player coming in potentially. Um, But they're going to need a lot. Oh, in January is
0: going to be have to be a phenomenal window. I think they always feel like they're just missing out on players. um, and, And they've obviously also wanted to stick to like a championship experience squad that came up, some of them. But then they haven't been able to make that step up and they lost quite a few players in the summer as well. It's just kind of it's like they had to restart and they were already at quite a, you know, bad point. I wanna go back to the pitch though, because Gilly, you've obviously, you know, played with quite a few teams in the WSL now and I think Liverpool now having quite a nice base at Brenton Park and they obviously redid the pitch because there was a whole issue around that. But it feels like now you've got you're like making that a really good home and getting decent crowds being able to have a, a place that you can defend as well that's like a good size pitch as well is really important I think probably when you are at that lower end of the table because otherwise big teams will
2: come and just absolutely play you off the park. Yeah, like, it's funny, me and Kate actually spoke about it pre-game yesterday because I didn't, I wasn't aware of the Leicester result until I got home from training um, on Saturday um, and uh I mean, Kate spoke about it and we just said, like, why did they play there? Because it's such a big pitch, like, and it's, it's again, like, we spoke about it, obviously we played Everton at um, Anfield and it's hard when you're not familiar with a pitch and um, to then go to there and it's just, I mean, Anfield felt huge to me to be fair. I mean, I was running across back and forth and I was blowing and that was only the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I need to get my second wind ASAP. Um But no, yeah, it, it's huge and it's just, we we both said it. We said, if you're going to play there, really, you have to be, you have to pick the team sort of, like you have to be clever with it but obviously, they they play most of their games there. Obviously, when we played them in the Quantity Cup, they didn't play there. Uh, they played at Burton Albion and, um, mm which is a very difficult pitch. It's like the complete opposite. Um, but yeah, it is difficult, especially when you're, you're playing on such a big pitch and then you play against the likes of Chelsea, who have so much rotation and pace um, and they love playing with their spaces. You know, it's, it is difficult. But yeah, Prenton Park for us is you want to make your home a fortress. Um, I felt that when I was at West Ham, we we sort of done that with Dagenham um, in the second seat like last season, not the year before when... We had a really uh, bad run there. To be fair, um, <laughs> but, uh, we won't talk about that. Uh, but yeah, Brenton Park, like, it's, and it's a difficult place for away teams to come. Like yesterday, it was freezing um, mm. there, and it's just. Them, also, them do you guys
0: bits. do? Do you guys do that thing where like the away
2: the is the away dressing room horrible? Is it like cold tile and like really old school? Because I yeah. love when you have that in football league grounds. Yeah, and it's a lot. It's a lot smaller, um, to be fair. But I remember being some away change rooms. I'm like, especially during COVID time. I'm like, how is this even legal? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you, you literally, you literally can't even fit eleven players on in in the change room. Some of them. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It's difficult. I've been in, at Prenton Park as an away player, um, and it is a very difficult place to come to. So for us having that as our fortress is going to be huge, especially this season.
3: Are the attendances at Leicester even worth playing it there? Do you no.
2: know? I've <laughs> Short d- answer.
0: I've done. I've done quite a few. What's the you, atmosphere? The, uh, like? It's actually. I think it's decent. I've done. I did quite a few games there last season. I haven't done a game there this season, but I did do quite a lot of games there last season, and they get a decent turnout for a team that's struggling and only recently got into the WSL. You know, they get over two thousand, two and a bit thousand, and they had. You know, if the, they if had that two those, and a
3: half thousand, was in a smaller yeah, 3, stadium yeah capacity ground, they only fill really they only great. fill
0: one side i've been there when they had like four thousand but that i think there was a there was a big push that day but they have those clappy things that <laughs> leicester men have as well um which do make quite a bit of noise i'm not a fan of them but they do actually make quite a bit of noise like so the folded paper, yeah then. so like it's not com- it's not completely dead but yeah they are kind of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit and
3: also culturally you can't like really walk back from that because they've been like... Well, exactly. Now it's going well, to... and like... I think
1: this is an interesting problem which women's football teams have generally is that they want to do the the razzmatazz, which is great in some ways. You have to get the basics right first. But there's no point in doing the razzmatazz for two seasons if then Walk before you're back you in can the run, championship. Yeah. And, and also I do think it's something where it's like it's better to have an amazing atmosphere at a smaller ground. Maybe the facilities aren't as good, but like how can you maybe work with whoever you're kind of renting it off or can you purchase a smaller ground or can you do stuff at your training for? I don't know, but it just feels like it's quite a self-defeating thing to have done. And I think when you look at, you know, how slowly Chelsea and, and even Arsenal, who I know now play quite a lot of games at the Emirates and have kind of publicly said that that's their long-term aim to play almost all their games there, but how slowly those bigger clubs have even taken that shift to then like jump right in always felt like, and those wild. and those
3: bigger clubs get like
0: are getting like thirty thousand people going, so it makes it worth it. But yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue onto Manchester United and Chelsea because Manchester United beat Villa five 0 at Old Trafford. Uh only their third game, I think, there. So they played West Ham. You would have played in that game, right, Gilly. That that game where West Ham played really well at Old Trafford. No fans. I covered that game. It was during COVID. Mm. Um but I think Kristen Press ended up scoring or something like that. Oh my gosh. Um, Blast for the but, <laughs> yeah, real throwback. Uh, and then they had that game against Everton towards the end of last season and then obviously on Saturday. Um for, yeah, five nil winners for for five nil win for Manchester United. And Jesse, they look, they looked really good going forward, and Villa didn't even necessarily play that badly because they had some good chances as well, especially that Gregory chance in the first half. But United are just looking so clinical right now, especially because Ella Toon, Lissy Russo, and Leah Galton are in really good form.
1: Yeah, I mean, going forward, they just in this game they looked so good. Ella Toon was coming out with some tricks she was really she what, what, enjoying she got two assists
0: in the end I think didn't get a goal but I think yeah. she got two assists but you could just yeah.
1: tell she was really enjoying playing at Old Trafford um yeah equally Alessia Russo just some fantastic hold-up play and I think that's what we're really seeing with United now it's it's the symbiosis between those attacking players that oh, is big allowing, word. I like that
2: <laughs> allowing
1: I am the brains allowing them to you know really kind of bamboozle defences you can't just sit back and kind of think okay I'm marking Leah Galton because she's gonna like cut inside and then you know Rousseau will peel out or you'll get Onabatia coming forward as well I think having Onabatia back has been a really mispronunciation
0: that's how you say her name I know but you're not like the rest of us would were butchering
3: when you said it first I looked at Fleur, she did a little smile it's
0: so good because I would I would try my hardest and go Batia, but that's not even good how do you do it do it again
1: Oh, badia,
0: So Someone's been doing Spanish lessons. <laughs> I do uh, do Yeah, do I mean, badia yeah, was phenomenal
1: Yeah, in that and game. I mean, her goal as well. Ridiculous. fantastic. But you're right, Villa played well, I thought. And I thought they were unlucky not to get a goal. And I think, you know, obviously they couldn't play Kirsty Hansen because she's on loan from United. And maybe breaking up that front three that's been so effective. Alicia Lehman came out to the left, Re- Gregory on the right. Maybe that just made things a little bit harder for them when they were like looking at building attacks. But equally, got to give credit to the United midfield because I thought they did really well to shut down Kenza Dali, who's obviously so essential to Villa's creativity. And, and Haley Ladd's just having a mega, mm. mega season because that midfield is always where I felt like United aren't necessarily at the level that we'd expect from a team going for the title or going for a Champions League spot. But credit to them. Like Ladd and Zellum, I think, have really stepped up.
0: And I think it is hard as well. Katie Zellum scores really early. So I think as soon as you go a goal down, it's like, well, you're going to have to work harder. And then they had good chances after that. But it just, yeah, you kind of, you, you give yourself a big challenge to try and come back from that when, when teams are in such good form. Um, Gilly, where what do you think about United at the moment? Because I feel like the conversation around them just in the last couple of weeks has shifted quite a lot from oh, you know, they have a really good chance of getting into the Champions League to now people being like, oh, actually, is there potentially going to be a title push? Because it'll be interesting like to see that match up, the, the return fixture against Chelsea. That is going to be huge. But the fact that they've beaten Arsenal in that amazing game at the Emirates just after that disappointing defeat to Chelsea. And now they have this kind of like storming win, Old Trafford. You know, they still, they've still they got the Manchester derby this coming weekend, which will be huge. But do you feel like the league is maybe shifting a little bit with how United are perceived as well?
2: Uh, yeah, the last couple of seasons that like, I feel, obviously there's there's been a big talk around United, you know, obviously pushing in to get into the the top three and the Champions League space. Obviously they have fell short. Um, the past couple of years, but obviously you're, you're talking about yeah the Champions League, but you've you've got to talk about them going for the title as well. Um, obviously they're only like three points behind Chelsea, um, but again I think it's them games in and around them. They have to obviously I feel like Chelsea's a bit like their bogey team, like mm. they I feel like they don't they don't really get perform the uh, not performance they don't really get results against them. Um, so now I feel like that's the team that. They they need to to, to beat you know um, but I think obviously Chelsea just I don't I don't I don't see like not I don't see Chelsea losing I just don't see in them games that's when I feel like Chelsea really step up you know they're yeah. the sort of games where they're like you are not beating us sort of thing um, and that that will be the sort of the decider with it but I feel like it's going to be difficult to see obviously. I know I wouldn't say write off Man City in getting in the top three because you look at what they done last year, um, but I just feel like it's, well it's going to be exciting to see who does actually get into the top three. But I, I don't think you can really write them off from the title because they're they're up there, you know. And who have Man United got on the last of the season, Jilly? You've got us.
0: Yeah. We. <laughs> You're going to be at home as well so they're going to the fortress that is Prenton Park. That's going to be Liverpool and that's going to be, be a, an amazing last day. One? I think we should that's maybe we should we potentially go to the finale. Um, the problem
3: is and I'm sorry Julie, and sorry to my parents because I'm a Liverpool fan but I I Cannot help myself. I love United women. I love. Do women. you? Yeah. Oh. I, I know. Oh, it feels that's very horrible to I know. I know. Well, it's I'm disgusting. gonna. I'm gonna
0: clip that up and put that on Twitter. <laughs> that's for sure. I'll come for you, Jesse. As our kind of like you know sort of Chelsea correspondent, um, they they are just so good going forward. They are so good going forward. And yes, Leicester are not a great team. But I think the difference between United and Chelsea, and I also would like your opinion on whether you think United are, you know, genuinely in a title race. But Chelsea going forward, they've just got so much, like they've got so many options. and Frank Kirby was, chef's kiss on Saturday. Uh, and I just, and Gura Wrighton obviously is carrying on her brilliant form. From One goal, season. four assists yes. United in 45 <sighs> minutes of football. United just don't have as many options as that. And neither do Arsenal really. And that for me is the real difference with Chelsea. They just can hit you from so many different directions.
1: Yeah. And Emma Hayes has said, you know, she thinks this is the best Chelsea squad she's ever had. And it's hard to to argue with her. You know, I think Hayes has, Experienced in the past, what it's like when you do pick up a couple of injuries, and I think she's very aware of of making sure that kind of everyone's ready to go. And I think we've been kind of lucky that obviously Panilla's picked up the injury, but Fran's kind of come back from illness. And something that's just I think so impressive about Fran Kirby is it feels like when she comes back, she just comes back at a really high level. She's not someone who takes time to like get back into games to get back into the rhythm of things, and I think that's so important. And I mean, yesterday. Sam Kerr was missing good chances left, right, centre. It could have been way more than eight. Um, and the opportunity, I think, also to be able to rack up early scores and then be able to rotate the team, give other players minutes. Like, I thought it was good to see Beth England getting a big chunk of time. I thought Also Abdelina looked really good when she came on as well. Kankovic kind of getting some of her first minutes because she's been out of injury. And I think Chelsea do look obviously. Starting off the season with with the Liverpool loss, it felt like, oh, like, but it's just classic Chelsea, isn't it? It's what they do every season. They just troll
0: you. They troll you. They're they like, make oh, you no, think. Oh, we're going to be good. Ha! Just tell you <laughs> yeah, where.
1: boom, we're here in December. We're smashing teams. And, you know, like, um, they go to Real Madrid Thursday night. A win there would secure Champions League qualification with two games to go, which would obviously be a massive turnaround from the clusterfuck that was last season. And, yeah, they. They look like they're in a really good place. United, do you think we're jumping the gun by saying that they are actually
0: going to be pushing Chelsea all the way to the, for the title? Or do you think there's genuine credentials there?
1: I think they've got genuine credentials, but I think we'll know a lot more after the Manchester derby because I think City feel like a really tough team to judge right now because I don't think they've had to play many other good teams since Chelsea, although they did beat Everton, who I think are... Fine. Um, <laughs> Glowing review. <laughs> <laughs> some teams in the WSL are just fine. Yeah. Uh, but I think if United were to win that game, then yes, yeah, 100%. Huge. If they lose, then I think City are on the same number of points as them. So then you're like, well... Does it feel like it's back to be kind of being between Chelsea and Arsenal to go for the top and City and United to go for the third place? But if United win, then yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens at the Etihad as well. And I think they're expecting like 30,000 or so. And they've sold over 40,000. Wow. And that's also going to be interesting because it's like, well, United are coming off a back of a game at Old Trafford. So that could really play into their hands because they'd be playing on a big pitch and you know, blew away, scored five on a big pitch. And City are coming from the comfort of the Academy Stadium. It could they be really far interesting. To go. They don't know, they, they just walk <laughs> across the road. But it could be really interesting to see what happens. And that is like, I think obviously the game, the game of the weekend. Um Can I
3: just bring it back to one thing that Jesse said in there about Samka missing a load of chances? Um, do you think that plays into the theory that she plays worse when Christie is there? Absolutely,
1: well, the whole <laughs> Mewis family were there and Sabrina They're on Ionescu, holiday, aren't they? so it was oh, a very yeah. weird crew all going up to Leicester that was probably about a fifth of the Leicester crowd <laughs> the whole of all the Mewises um, So yeah. that's your, is that your hashtag theory? That was Jesse's theory, was,
3: that was, that, that was theory no? So yeah, that is she theory. plays worse yeah. when Christie's right. there that's
0: Really
2: interesting Yeah, there's more pressure when your wags there Jilly, do
0: you play better or worse when your partner comes? <laughs>
2: I think I play better, to be fair, because I know <laughs> she's watching me, and she'll be <laughs> savage as well. So uh, yeah, I feel uh, I feel better when she's there. When she's not there, I'm sort of like, ah, oh, you know, I can go back and say I had a really good game, and I didn't. And like, I know. She won't know. She'll never know. Does she Does she have an uh, FA player login? Does she bother to <laughs> to watch? Uh, she does, but sometimes conveniently she finds other things to do. So, <laughs> <it's complicated. laughs> <She's> so <laughs> busy. yeah, I've yeah. heard that
3: one before. I've told, I've told, I'm sure I've told you this story, but the first time that I let my ex boyfriend come and watch me play five a side, we lost in a 40 minute game. You can do the maths, we lost 18. One. shut up Eighteen. that's, that's what it's Leicester like 30
0: seconds <laughs> it was
3: I, I don't think that's good match. <laughs> oh you know whatever it was we were in the beginners league and this other team were obviously not beginners but then I made him come back the next week and I scored a hat-trick and we won 3-1 and then I
0: never let him come watch me we again rewrote history right yeah. there uh, let's quickly touch on Arsenal as well um, because they got a, an important win is what I would say against Everton they should have won probably 3-4-0 Blackstenius missed some good chances she's not in good form at the moment. Um, but it was good to not only see Viviana Meadamar in good form and, and looking really solid and playing with Freedom Marnum and not this kind of either or narrative that have formed, but also Leah Williamson getting on the pitch, Rafael Souza on the bench, didn't get any minutes, I don't think. But it feels like this is going to be really important. I know, Jesse, you've been looking at like Arsenal's chaotic, potentially. December and they've got this game against Juve midweek which is going to be really important to get out this Champions League group so yeah it was like breathe a sigh of relief vibes I think
1: yeah I, I think this was a really important win for Arsenal and as you said the fact that it could have been more like I don't think you know the fact that it was 1-0 doesn't mean it was a tight game by any stretch of the imagination um and it was a great goal from me yeah, as well goal. Uh, and I do think it's obviously a big boost having Leah and Raffaele coming wow. back here oh, there they go again.
0: That was unreal. <laughs> Raffaele really? wow. Let's do it again. Okay. <laughs> no, Let's do it again. <laughs> I feel embarrassed. Sorry, um, sorry. We shouldn't. We shouldn't do that. It's, it's beautiful. We shouldn't take the piss.
1: <laughs> shouldn't take take t- t- the piss out. Sorry, I try and pronounce the names, people's <laughs> names right, when I talk probably. about them. Sorry. Uh, yeah. The only thing I think is as their defensive players comes back, obviously you've still got this kind of disjointed attack and. It, it's useful for Arsenal because they can move Steph Catley back to left back. Katie McCabe's now come out and playing on the right wing. I do really enjoy Katie McCabe playing there, but it's a, she's a very different kind of player in that position to Beth Mead. And I think we definitely saw in that game them taking some time to kind of adjust to that. For me, there is still a big question mark over Sheena Blackstenius and whether she is at the level that Arsenal really need. From their central striker, which is only made more bizarre by the fact there is maybe one of the best strikers in the world playing slightly further behind her. <laughs> I don't know whether Jones Ideval just kind of feels like he's put all his money on Blackstenius and he needs it to like come good. There for were himself. there were
0: sparks last season where Blackstenius playing ahead of Midamar worked really well. She she would you know play her in and Blackstenius best way to get out the best way to play her at best is. You know, play, get her to run in behind and play those through balls in, and I feel like they can find that. But the problem was yesterday they were, and she wasn't making the most of it.
1: Yeah, and I also think well, it's, Saturday, not it's yesterday, not but... even like that. They can't do it. It's just I'm not convinced it will ever be better the than the other me, option. Yeah, true, nine. true, true. And that's always going to be Arsenal's problem is that unless Gina Blackstenius becomes a 20 goal a season striker for them. You're always going to be thinking that, and I don't know how you fix that unless she becomes the twenty goal of season. Which right now it just doesn't look like she's she's going to be that player. I
0: don't think she's ever going to be a, a twenty goal of season striker. Really, but I can't wait for her to become a twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Clip that up and troll me. Flo's on a bad take.
1: He is on a bad take. Um, run.
0: there is some yeah, there are some big games midweek because you've got the Champions League Arsenal taking on Juve at the Emirates. I'm going. Jesse, are you going?
3: Becky, yeah, uh, did you get tickets? I
0: you
3: told I told you to tell me. Save for the group chat, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got a link up. Sorry. Yeah, I know,
3: and I you. Oh, anyway.
1: no. oh no! Awkward. Yeah, I'm gonna go, but
3: I was waiting to know what Jesse was doing. Oh God. And now I know, so that's fine.
0: <laughs> anyway, um,
1: rejection. Chelsea
0: are going away to Real Madrid. Real Madrid aren't very good so that should they do they should seal the deal
1: i think the fact that knowing the win will guarantee qualification will be a big motivator for them but i think obviously for real madrid they also will really need to win because otherwise everything will kind of come down to their match against psg i don't think they'll want that to happen but um yeah we'll see
0: and then we've got midweek conti cup action um jilly quickly game against man city on wednesday how are you feeling about that one
2: yeah, I think, obviously, we've had a, a, a quite a good uh, Conte Cup uh, run at the moment. Obviously, with our group, um, we obviously... The City game will be a difficult game. Um, again, there'll probably be rotations from both sides, to be fair, because, obviously, we've got a, a game on the weekend, which is huge for us, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd love a Cup run. Um, I think the county Cup and the FA Cup this year is a great chance for us to, to push on and really... Try and get some silverware, you know, get in the get in the mix with it. Um, I think if you get a good cut run, as proven with West Ham on the first year, and we had a, a lovely run, to be fair, um, <laughs> it can happen. So yeah, we're a, it's a it'd be a good game, and I think obviously we're we're in confidence at the moment. We're playing well. Um, and the last game we played against City, we should have come away with something. So yeah, it'd be an exciting game. And then Man at home to Everton,
0: Shovel United against Villa, and Sunderland taking on Leicester. Big games at the weekend, as we mentioned, because it's the Manchester Derby at the Etihad. Still TBC on whether I'm going. Um, it's but... what the people are waiting for. <laughs> Confirmation. Sorry guys. Sorry, guys, I can't confirm. But Jesse, you are going. <laughs> I'm going to go. And obviously England in the Men's World Cup on Saturday night. So it's going to be a real weekend of top footy. And if anyone's listening, if England
3: win, we're going to go to Rowan's after. And then we're going to go to the Blackstock and we're going to boogie. So see you there. In North
0: London, if you're around, (laughs) Liverpool's massive match against Leicester. And uh, Kate will be hoping that West Ham can fight back against Spurs. And then it will be a happy Monday for us all on the 12th next week. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening. I have Um, one last thing to say, Oh, God, here we go. What do you want to (laughs) add? Come on!
3: I just know the people will be dying to know Flo's other bad take. Oh, I, of course.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I, so, I'll, I'll, it's a bad take confession because yeah. that's what um, Becky both, wants. Both both
3: players. So that Flo said, we ad- would have a bad game. game," and I wa- Put she, look, in she's the t- she doesn't want me to, to control the narrative. And I
0: basically <laughs> said that you know I get a bit nervous when John Henderson <laughs> plays, and then ten minutes later he scored. And I'd also said b- before that oh Harry Kane's Harry, a bit- Harry, Harry Kane is
1: stinky. Well, <laughs>
0: <like, it's> exactly. <laughs> I said Harry Kane's a bit stinky at the moment, and then about twenty minutes later he scored. And
3: she would and not let me post. <laughs> Becky was the second being one. So
0: annoying. <laughs> I was screenshotting everything I said because I don't have a safe space clearly on WhatsApp. No. Anyway, now that that's out the way thank you everyone for listening uh, please get in touch on social media if you've got any questions or any feedback or thoughts um, yeah and only uh, nice feedback no constructive criticism is nope. always welcome don't want it. especially for you the producer <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah leave uh, your ratings and reviews and uh, we'll catch you all next week